Um, hello, hello. Uh, come in, come in, take a seat. Um, Thank you. I, I hear that you're interested in working in our um, Pride Flags shop? Oh, very much so. Um, I'm, I'm curious what sort of uh, attributes you have that you think might make you suitable to work in our Pride Flags shop. Well, you know, I'm, I'm queer myself, so I feel like I could fit in that way. And I like to meet new people. And, you know, it's just, it's just nice. You have very nice interactions with the new people. Ah, uh, so nice interactions. You're queer. And, and these are people you don't know. I think you might be perfect. I think you're just the queer and pleasant stranger we're looking for. You're hired. Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Cake Dale. And I'm not Jay and Eris Magnet. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers, that podcast where two queer trans ladies try and make each other giggle. We do some skits, we do some voices, we chat about our weeks, we just have a bit of a natter, bit of a chin wag. How are you doing this week? Oh, it's been a bit hard mental health wise. It's, it's been a long week, hasn't it? It, I don't know, it's I'm, I'm just a bit all over the place at the moment. Yeah, it's... Keep taking the happy pills and hope for the best. Keep taking the happy pills, it'll be fine. Mm. But yeah, it, it's, been a, it's been a week, hasn't it? It has. How about you? you... This is, I'm, I'm, I'm doing alright, actually. Yeah, I'm I'd, glad. had a lovely weekend. The weekend was, it was busy. I, was, I finished the weekend and felt more tired than if I'd been at work, I mm. think. But I got lots of lovely stuff done, saw lots of lovely people, and uh, my, my, my work days have been pretty good since I've been back at work. I'm feeling alright. Hmm. Shall we dive right into the things that are a part of our week? Yes! What have you put your thumbs on and manipulated or, or done a pointy-clicky oh, the, the things that I've The things I've what played. What have you played? What have I played? What have you played? What have you fiddled with? Uh, so, main thing I've been playing is I finally started playing that Spider-Man for the PS4. Ah, the Spider-Man. Uh, the Spider-Man. That's a really good video game. Um, there's a couple of things I really like about it compared to some of the like Spider-Man films that released over the last like decade or so. Mm. They they don't feel the need to reiterate Peter Parker's Spider-Man origin story. So which no one has to shoot Uncle Ben. No one has to shoot Uncle Ben. Like they they go further than like even if Spider-Man Homecoming was pretty good at that, at just like jump in, he's already Spider-Man, no origin story. The new Spider-Man game starts when like Peter Parker has been Spider-Man for like eight years, I think. And it's like, oh yeah, no, he knows what he's doing. We, we know who all the heroes are, the villains are. It's all fine. He's already met Mary Jane. He was dating her. They're not together anymore. She knows he's Spider-Man already. It's fine. So like, he's what, in his 20s by now, I would guess? Yeah, he's in like his mid-20s. Okay. And it really jumps into a story where like, he's already pretty established. He knows what he's doing. Hmm. Um, A lot of the base relationships we already see portrayed in a lot of the movies are just like taken for granted. Mm-hmm. It does a really good job of like explaining those things as it goes without seeming ham-fisted. Mm. And I think the big thing is just it's a really, really, really fun open world to like swing around in and play about in. Mm. So you would say that you are enjoying the amazing adventures of Mr. Arachnid? <laughs> I am indeed. Um, there's a few things about it that I really like that I wish more games did. It does that thing that some games do where... When you get new cosmetic outfits, they do come with, like, new abilities and things. Mm-hmm. 
But once you've like, let, let's say, here's this punk rock jacket Spider-Man outfit that I think, I think it came with like, make some hologram fake Spider-Men to distract your enemies. Once you buy it, you buy the, the outfit and ability together. And then you can just use that ability on any of your outfits. Okay. So it it allows you to do the thing of just because I want to look like this version of the character doesn't mean that I have to not use the cool ability that different outfit had. And you carry that outfit over into your uh, cutscenes. Yes, so you if do. You're wearing a stupid one. <laughs> you will be wearing a stupid one in the scene. In indeed, but like there's some really cool outfits in there. It does a really good job of rewarding you very frequently with, like, his cool new abilities and upgrades and outfits and stuff as you go. Mm. It's just really fun to fly around that world. It feels like they put, like, infinity money into making this game. Mm. It's it's one of those video games I look at and I go, how, how, how did you, how, how did you even make this much stuff? How how did anyone make this much stuff? Because it's a pretty accurate representation of New York, I understand. Yeah, as I understand it, it's it's a pretty accurate representation of his fucking whole his New York go. Mm. And is New York twenty eighteen or? Uh, they never say a year, but it feels very twenty eighteen. Yeah. Okay. It, now it, or at least near future. Yes. It there's some little bits of tech that Spider-Man has that are not things that we have the tech for in reality now, but he's super genius, that's sort of the, the premise, but everyone's got, like, modern mobile phones and, mm. like, there's no big technological leaps for the yeah. most part. Um, yeah, no, I've been, I've been messing around with that a lot, and it's it, it it's the latest in a long line of Sony bringing out video games where I'm like, you poured all the money into this and it shows and it actually worked and turned into a good video game. Mm. Um, yeah, that's yeah. good. And and is Spider-Man a... It, apparently he very much likes beating up drug dealers. Uh, yeah. So, here's the thing. It's I have the same thought with this that I have with, say, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I know. I love Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I don't necessarily agree with all of the morality of all of the decisions that the person pu punishing criminals makes. Okay. I might not... Although, in 99, they are the police. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. The, they are the police versus a vigilante, but, like, I get the thinking of, like, yeah, you have a superhero who has grown up believing, like, these things are bad, and that reflects in the choices of... Most of what he... Like, the big things that are, like, narrative-based are go fight literal person trying to destroy the world normally. Mm. The street level stuff, it's quite often theft. It's quite often theft, but occasionally it will be go beat up the drug dealers. It's like, mm -mm, yeah, there's, there's some complex morality there, but okay, okay, it feels very good to do that in this video game, so... Mm. Yeah, I'm... These would not necessarily be the choices I would make as a vigilante superhero, but it feels very fun, so I'm... I'm not stressing about it too much. And I hear there's stuff with Spider-Man helping set up, like, police spy networks to monitor all the people in, in areas with the tower. They're equivalent radio towers. Uh, the thing with the thing with the radio towers is basically, once they're set up, it's, it's less that, it's more... It's like, ha, huh, I fixed your radio tower, but also while you're here, I hooked myself into it so I can now hear all of your police broadcasts for that area. Mm. But, again... It's a bit Brooklyn Nine-Nine in. I wouldn't necessarily 
do all of these things myself, but that is the morality of the character set up. None of these, none of the big story moments are, no, I morally disagree with this big story choice you've made. Mm. And as such, like, I never really stop to think about what the crimes are. I'm just like, it's quite fun mechanically I'm to, beat, doing the to beat up these people. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I guess there is a certain degree of that with any... Any sort of uh, and any video game. game. You're trying to make a game out of it, so obviously you need targets, I guess. Yeah. There's certainly other ways perhaps they could have considered yeah, it, but that's 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 what we it, got. It's one of those, like, if I stop to think about it, yeah, but also I'm not going to not play this very good video game because the person who is like, I'm going to clean up all the crime in the city includes, say, drug dealers in that. Mm. But... Yeah, what have you played this week? What have you been playing? Oh, you know, just just the classics. Um, this is the bit where you look at what you've played this week. This is where I look at what I've played. Um, <laughs> I I play. I started playing Secret of Mana too. Oh, how are you getting on with that? Uh, it's I'm enjoying it so far. Uh, whoever translated that has done a very good job. I'm very happy. It, it's not a particularly janky translation. No, uh, it's it's fan translation, so it's it's got some love and effort put into it to make it sensible. Rather than in some cases, we don't really understand uh, one or both languages, so we're going to sort of give you give you some of that weird janky language that just doesn't read well. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, they've done a really good job with it. I'm enjoying the story so far. I'm enjoying the characters. Um, it doesn't terribly explain itself terribly well, but maybe it did in the manual. So, yeah. um, there's like a lot of different. There's six different characters to choose from from the start. Oh wow! Um, depending on which character you pick is what intro you will get, okay. and then you have your like first sidekick and second sidekick. Okay. Um, so I don't know how that sort of changes the rest of the story, but like. As you go on, you'll be introduced to the the, char- the other characters, yeah. and they will play a part in that. Um, so I started with um, some princess with a spear. Stuff goes down involving uh, her brother and some evil invading forces. The, it seemed like my entire city was destroyed, and then I got on a boat <laughs> to the other side of the world, got blown off a bridge... <laughs> Um, fought some enemy enemy soldiers. I fought my first boss. <sighs> uh, yeah, it's it's slightly different combat mechanic to the original Secret of Mana, yeah. in that you don't have that thing where you just hold down the attack button and charge up the line. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, you get a, a little visual cue from your character when it's time to attack again. Okay, and it's like you're back up to that hundred percent. Yeah. Um, and then you get like a, a tech bar that builds up, so you can do a cool technique to do slightly more damage. Mm. Yeah, I'm 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 hyped to see more of that. I'm hyped to hear more about that. What else have you played? Uh, I've been doing. Uh, I can talk about this now. I've been Ooh. playing with that uh, the new Nintendo Labo kit, the the vehicles kit. Ooh. Uh, so yeah, this this is a vehicles kit. You you make a car and you make some bits of uh, what is it? A, a flight joystick and you make a um. What's the other thing? A submarine? Are you having a look at this car now? I am literally right this second looking at this car and thinking, compared to the previous Labos, like, this is a big bit of kit. It's a big, complex thing, isn't it? Considering the box it came out of as well, this is quite a large item. Yeah. Um. So it's got, like, two, like, indicator, like, things that sort of, like, click as you turn them. Uh, and they press down. You've got, like, a pull cord, and that's your, like, nitrous. 
Um, you can pop in the end of the key, and that's like your horn. Oh, okay. But that's the key that's inserted in the thing right now. Oh, okay, yep, 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 yep. And then on the other side, there's like a, a handbrake lever that goes to reverse. Oh. Ah, cool. it's it's quite sturdily built, isn't it? Yeah, it's even got little footrests. Yeah, no slip, no, some no slip footrests. It's it's a it's really it's a really nicely built bit of kit, and then right. you can see there that's the pedal, yeah. um, which is all uh, very no, sturdy. Not yeah, it's that oh, bit that you bit. push down, not the end. Yeah. But yeah, um, it's sort of um, elastic band sprung to come back up after you push it down. Yeah, it's it's a big old bit of kit. Compared to the previous ones. Yeah, I think like the previous biggest bits were like the piano and the, the motorbike that you're yeah, looking at. Up there and like this is definitely it's about three or four times the size of the piano. There's, there's a lot more moving parts in this as well. I imagine the inside of that is all fucking stickers. You can maybe see a bit through that indicator hole. You see some of the, the I workings. Can see lots in there. of stickers. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. Elastic bands and stuff. Duff, There's a lot of pull elastic bands and pulleys and things. It's quite the bit of kit. Uh, is that Labo word the right way up? Hmm? On the steering wheel? Yep. I can't say yep. Okay. But yeah, no, uh, I've been playing around with that. There's more to do in the actual software on this one. Because um, mm. we, we played around with the house a bit on the first kit. Yeah. And it was his mini-games and there's not really much to it. Mm. Um... So for this, I built the car, and as soon as you've built the car, it's like, okay, here's an open world to explore with a bunch of challenges to do in it in a car, with a bunch of, like, you twist those little mm-hmm. twisty dials, yeah. and it, like, cycles between, like, you can now use it to, like, get more fuel for your vehicle, or to mm. cut things down with a saw. Yeah, or... I saw the big uh, circular saw blade. Yeah, there's a bunch of different tools and stuff. It's a lot of fun to, to like. There's there's like rally races and there's Mario Kart type stuff in there, and and it's compatible with Mario Kart. I yeah, so it's not currently. Uh, when okay. you hear this, maybe it will be. As of recording, oh. because the new Labo kit isn't out yet they when we record, they haven't updated Mario Kart. So yeah, that's fine. Um, but considering how well a the car controls in what is basically Mario Kart embedded into Labo. Mm. And B, how well the the uh, motorbike controlled when it was used up with Mario Kart. Mm. I'm excited to try it on Mario Kart. Like, I will probably hook up both the motorbike and the car at some point, and we can try doing a race, okay. if you fancy. That sounds interesting. Yeah. Uh, so, I think there's definitely more to do with this kit. Yeah. Uh, it, it's got more actual gameplay and gameplay connotations. Oh. It's, it's been nice. It's a sturdy bit of kit. Yeah, the tra- the trailer for it looked really interesting. Uh, it would be cool to see what it's like once you've got yeah. all the bits built. And we yeah, I'll we bring. Have a, I need to bring them all around. down at some point yeah. and we'll have a play. I still haven't had a chance to play with the piano yet. Oh well, at some point we'll just bring all the labo bits down and we'll have a mess around. We'll play with our labio. <laughs> what else have you played? Uh, I started playing Super Metroid again. Ooh. Not a lot to say on that yet. I've only just started. It's only just begun. It has only just begun. And it, it's Super Metroid. I appear to be on a bit of a, a retro tip at the moment. That's fair. Sometimes you're just in that mood. Yeah, I think the going back to uh, Link to the Past randomised sort of got me set on, on that. And it, then I was th- thinking about... Because you, you mentioned that you wanted to play a, a new... Like, something you could really dig your teeth into. Yeah. 
So I was thinking like the like JRPGs uh, and ARPGs that we we sort of played on the SNES. Yeah. Just like I'm just thinking about I I've probably played most of them, but like there's there's two really important ones I haven't played. I've never played Secret of Mana 2, and this one's probably gonna shock a few people. I've never played Chrono Trigger. Oh, Chrono Trigger's Chrono Trigger's good. You'd enjoy Chrono Trigger. Maybe. I think. <laughs> um but yeah. I watched a retrospective on it recently and I was like, that seems like a lot. Like, there's, a, there's what, 30 odd endings to it. Yeah. With variants yeah, and stuff. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of game there, but. Yeah. At least a playthrough I think you'd enjoy Ooh. doing. But, yeah. Ooh. Should I talk about another thing? I'll tell play? us, tell us, tell us a thing. Oh, I don't think I've talked about this yet. Uh, last week I went to the uh, Victoria and Albert Museum in, in London. Too fancy. Too fancy. They were doing a, a video game exhibition, which I believe is open from now until February. Uh, video games design, play, disrupt, something like that it's called. Um... A lot of it was, here's a bunch of cool stuff to look at that's like, here's development materials from games and things that games need to learn to do better. Um, mm. Some of some of the stuff there is playable games that I've played before that I think are fascinating to see in a museum setting. Mm. Um, two of them that are like playable in the Victoria and Albert Museum right now are a game called How Do You Do It? Which is a game where you play a young child mashing oh, two yeah, naked yeah, dolls yeah. together and trying to work out what sex is. You did 600 different positions before yeah. Mummy came home. And then Mummy gets very, she's like, oh, What are you doing with naked dolls? Um, and the other one is one of Robert Yang's games, who mm. makes very unapologetically gay games. Um, it's uh, Rinse and Repeat, I believe it's called. Okay. Um, and it is a game about being a gay man in a single-sex shower situation, and some of the eroticism around big hot man in sunglasses comes in naked and asks you to help him wash his back for him. It's it's quite a video game. It's quite a thing to see in a very fancy museum, like, here's, here's a man going, get in deeper, get in proper deep. Well, he, you does, rub his back. he does like his consent in his stories. He, he does. Um, oh, hurt me, hurt, hurt me, me plenty. plenty. Yes, is his one that is very explicitly about BDSM consent, and it's it's a bit of a one note thing it does, but it's a fantastic one note thing it does about consent and boundaries mm. and you know respecting what people have and have not consented to. Yes. Uh, he also makes a very silly game called uh, Drive Shaft, I think it's called, mm -hmm. where it's basic, it's basically gay sex, but instead of like jerking off a off off a dick, you're rubbing your hand up and down a car's um, what's it, the gear lever? I I, I have not I haven't actually played it, but I think no. I believe it. Yeah, is it's, the gear it's a gear lever, and the car like it's like instead of moaning, it's the car revving its engines and. It's it's quite a silly thing. It's a metaphor. It's a metaphor for the joys of gay sex, but it's a car. Uh, he makes good games. I enjoy his stuff. So oh, penis-based gay sex, anyway. Penis-based gay sex, yes. Um, but yeah, it it was it was nice to see those there. But the one I wanted to talk about Ooh. was an arcade cabinet for a game by Anna Entropy, who Ooh. some people might know as the person that made Dysphoria. 
uh, which was like one of the early like Newgrounds Flash games to tackle trans it stuff in a game. One of the first trans games I played. Yeah, the it... very first one was yours. Oh heck! Uh, I believe it was the first trans-related game I ever played was Dysphoria. Uh, but she's got a game in an arcade cabinet there called uh, Queer Love at the End of the World, oh. and it's a ten-second-long text adventure where a big old big old bomb has gone off. I'm like I'm picturing like mushroom cloud coming towards you. Like you can see the end is coming. Mm. You've not got long, and it's too. Femme assigned people who are attracted to each other. Uh, it's not specified their sexualities specifically, but they are both attracted to each other. And it's basically here's ten seconds of text adventure. How much romance can you get done in ten seconds before the world ends? Ooh. And there are different approaches to it. Um, I was doing it over multiple playthroughs. Like I would like fully read and like get as far as I could, and then make those same choices and like see how far I could get. Mm. Um, my boss Rich played it, and he was just like looking for keywords, being like uh, a kiss. Uh, uh, oh, oh no, I put my hands up her skirt. I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> um, but there's there's something really beautiful about it. About this, you've got very limited time. How do you very quickly show someone what they mean to you? And, like, you might just decide to be, like, to just tell them that you think they're special. You might just give them a hug. Or you can just start finger-blasting them as the A-bomb comes. It's it's an interesting little game. Uh-huh. It's, it's very well written from a standpoint of, like, okay, this is... You know sometimes when you read, like, queer fiction, it's like, it's clear this was not written by a queer person. Uh. This is very, like, okay, this was very lovingly made by a, by a queer person. So. Nice. I've very much enjoyed. I very much enjoyed. You have ten seconds. What are you going to do with your lady love before the world ends? It sounds fun. I don't think I'd be able to play it because my reading speed is not that good. Yeah, you might have to do what I was doing of read <laughs> and then start over and keep reading that sentence. But yeah, yeah, there there, there is something to it. If you're not reading fast, it's like okay, what are my keywords? What are my choices? Yeah, I mean, this is why I sometimes struggle with the uh, Walking Dead games. Yeah. Because it's just like, uh, we need to make a decision really quickly. I get that, but, like, my my comprehension is fine. It just takes me a long time to read things. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's fair, yeah. But it's not going to be a game for everyone, but I found it interesting, so... Yeah, you played anything else? Uh, yeah, I stuffed my holes up good and proper. <gasps> Play some Donut County. Oh, Donut I County! Play through Donut County twice how, in one sitting. How did you find it? How did you get on with it? It was, it was good. It was lots of fun. You were right. It didn't quite scratch the Katamari itch, but um, it, it was fun. You know uh, what might scratch the Katamari itch? The fact that Katamari Rewind or whatever it is uh, has been uh, re-rolled. Re-rolled, I think. It's been uh, uh, trademarked, trademarked in Europe, so mm. it looks like there's a new Katamari game coming, probably. Or Well, somebody made a very good point uh, underneath the post when I shared it on Facebook, that um, maybe with the, the re-rolled it implies that it's a, a remaster of one of the other games. Uh, or possibly. possibly even a collection of some of the other games. These are entirely possible. All we really know from the trademark is it is a video game of some point, uh, of some kind. With Katamari branding. With Katamari branding. And whatever that is, even if it's a remaster, I'll be happy enough. Yeah. I, I just mean, want an easy way to go back to those games. True. I would be a little bit sad if it was just We Love Katamari, because that's the only one I've played and I really want something new. <laughs> I, I suspect it won't just be that, I don't think. Yeah. Maybe some extra levels, even if it is just a... I think even if it is like a special edition of We Love Katamari with like... 
10 extra levels or something. I think I'd probably be okay with that. Yeah. But yeah, big fan of the, the big sticky balls and uh, <laughs> shouted at by Giant Space Daddy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what, what else you played? Uh, the only other thing I played is I played more Pokemon Go this week. I'm okay, still no. cracking away with my uh, quest to get Celebi. I have a couple of bits I need to do now. I need to evolve some Pokemon using items, which is going to take me a little bit. And I've got to do a week's worth of Pokestop spinning. So I've got a... <laughs> That'll be fine. But it's I have a week in which to try and do the item evolution thing. I'm glad I did my trading of my region exclusives when trading first went up, because for a month those Pokemon, this is a good thing, they're going to be available through 7 kilometer eggs, that's good for everyone. I'm glad I got my trading in before that happened so I could get my things I needed. So you could be the Pokedon. Exactly. But yeah, you played anything else? Nope, that's it. That's it for me, so time for this. What's that you're wearing? Oh, um, this is it's a it's a magic amulet. A, a genie gave it to me so I could win that big race that's uh, coming up. Oh, oh, it's about to start. It's about to start. Oh, the amulet fell off during the race, and I I still won. Was was the magic in me all along? No, it was the amulet. It works from quite a distance. Don't go hogging all the credit for my magic. I work bloody hard for that. Yay, the magic was in me all along! I'm going to destroy you. <laughs> as soon as you wish for me to destroy you. <laughs> uh... Looks like we're being packed up again, everybody. Looks like another house moving. Oh, I can't wait to get to the new house and very quickly afterwards be unpacked, ready to see where we're going to live from now on. Yeah, yeah, it's it's been quite a thing, you know. I've been for a few moves with them now. Although I, f- I find that I'm getting interacted with less, so... Uh, oh, I'm, I'm sure. If they're, if they're moving us from the, the old house to the new, if they're bringing us with them, they must need us for something. Absolutely. Exactly. I mean, we made it through the culling. We watched the day where they pulled everything off the shelves and they were th- being very merciless, throwing out a huge number of things, whole bags to go to the charity shop. And not us, which means that clearly if we, we were going to get unpacked and get used. Yeah, it was looking a bit, a bit one way or the other for a while. We were on the bed, then we got moved several other places, but uh, um, I'm, I'm sure that uh, the, the fact that I was put in and then taken out of a bin bag... Uh, I'm sure that's not potentious, potentious at all. Three weeks later. This is probably one of the longest moves I've ever been involved in. Oh, goodness, yeah. How long did it take to move a box? We've not moved much recently. No, there was... That first day, there was some rattling and, and stuff, some lifting and some, some panting and being thrown down. There was down. the sound of a car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this has been a very quiet bit of the journey. Yeah, I mean, I hear them having dinner sometimes. I'm not sure what's, what's going on. I guess it's just on. fast food in the car, I'd guess. Yeah, or, you know, they've, they've just not got around to unpacking anything. Although they have, been, they have been using cutlery, so they're probably in the house. And, and you know, they have, they have to get the cutlery out from somewhere, which means they have unpacked something. Are we living in box limbo? Are we that box? Not that box. That box. I remember seeing that box at the last place. That box what gets moved and never gets opened. Where everything is important enough to bring, but not important enough to use. No, Lazarus. So, (gasps) what have you put in your eye spaces? 
The spaces but, where your eyes are. In the spaces where my eyes are? Yeah. Uh, I've been watching a lot this week of a series on YouTube called BuzzFeed Unsolved. Ooh. So, this is something that was recommended to me ages ago, and I've only just gotten around to. Shout mm-hmm. out to Becky and Makeda for getting mm-hmm. me onto this. They're lovely. Um, they're lovely, aren't they? Uh, this is basically Buzz. Uh, two people from BuzzFeed, uh, Shane and Ryan, I believe their names are, mm-hmm. who do short videos talking about mysterious things and they fall into basically two categories half of them are like here are real true crime stories that happened that never got solved and we don't know what went on so it's like here was a he was a serial killer here's what we know here were the suspects here's why the suspects seemed likely and here's why some of them didn't seem likely and the pros and cons of each theory of what happened and then half of them are basically bigfoot What's up with that? Is it aliens? What's going on, Bermuda Triangle? Well, we don't know. Um, And I I really like the dynamic the two hosts have, in that basically you've got one host who is very into the idea of the paranormal being real and is very easily spooked and will read into anything that happens and goes, it was a ghost, it was a ghost, and then the ghost happened. And the very hard to convince sceptic, Okay, so it's like the parapod then. It's kind of like that. What I would say about these two is that it's very loving. Like, the the, the complete sceptic does not believe a word of what the other one is saying, but he's really he's he's really open to, like, like no, I, I believe that you believe this, and it's totally cool, and we're going to, like, I will totally give your thing a chance and see whether this is legit. Like, they have a really nice, supportive, like, mm. atmosphere between them, even though they clearly are on very differing parts of the supernatural belief spectrum. Mm. Um, yeah, so it, it's been it's been just really nice to watch. It's very easygoing, nice, gentle viewing. It's all up on YouTube. There's a big playlist of... I think each video is like 15, 15 to 30 minutes, and there's 131 videos. So mm-hmm. that'll keep me entertained for a while. Just a, just a little bit. Um, trying to think, what one was I watching today? I was watching, oh, I was watching one about the boy in the box, who was a child in the 19, I think it was like the 1920s in America, who just, they found a four-year-old child in a box, dead, um, and there was a big old heckin' mystery about what was, where this child had come from, because no, like, no one was claiming they had any knowledge of who this child was from photos, uh, there is a theory that someone someone claimed to have sold their son, and then a competing theory where someone talks about their mother buying a child, and it seems like these two theories might connect. It was a whole weird mystery of just this child that turned up in a box, and someone spent 36 years trying to solve the, the mystery of who this child was and what had happened. Hmm. Uh, it's all pretty fascinating. Sounds it. What about you? What have you been watching? Well... <laughs> we'll come back to that in a minute. Uh, are we? I'm sorry. What have you been putting in your eyes? Well, I'm. Oh. I, I will. I will tell you about <laughs> the big thing. We'll, we'll come to the big thing last. Um, we watched. We sat and watched False Teeth from Beyond the Stars. Yes, we with st- Roger Prentice, the Apprentice Dentist. We started watching this a while ago and came back to it because I'd 
I mentioned uh, Vincent Price for some reason. You mentioned Vincent Price. I can't remember why, but we we brought it back to that. And I was like, have you seen False Teeth from Beyond the Stars? And you were like, yes, we watched the first episode. So we went back and watched the other four or five episodes. How old is this thing now? This is a... Uh, It was on TV when I was teeny tiny, so... Late 80s, maybe? Yeah, and it's, it's... Part of a larger show, but we watched just the false teeth from Beyond the Stars. The show was round the bend. Yeah. Um, I believe our mutual friend Jim has mentioned it on Podquisition yes, a few times. Yes, uh, I was never really into that show, because uh, I didn't super like toilet humour, and there is there is quite a lot of it <laughs> in that show. Um, but uh, the, the false teeth from Beyond the Stars is, is funny. It's about an alien ship that comes to Earth. Bearing weird alien dentures, uh, and they manage to somehow empower the Earth's normal dentures to come and visit it in a particular park. And then it's it's about them trying to take or planning to take over the world and, and sort of eating all sorts of things. Meanwhile, a, a, a an apprentice <laughs> dentist and and his assistant are trying to work out or work with the army on how they will conquer these jaded false teeth. It was it was really funny. It it wasn't particularly long. It was just it was as long as I think that joke could have sustained. Uh, and I think it was probably done over the whole over around the Ben series, which I would guess was something like six six episodes. Yeah, as is the typical BBC format. But it's very silly. It's entirely available on its YouTube, and it's Files Teeth from Beyond the Stars. See. What else you watched? Uh, I started watching a show I've been meaning to start on for a little while called Nailed It, Ah. which is a Netflix cooking show where basically the judges will be some people who are very, very, very good at fancy baking and making impressive elaborate structures out of food. And then they would get on three people who do not know the first thing about cooking and basically go... Here's an iPad with the instructions. Like, you know, most of them are there. You might have to, mm-hmm. you might have to like fill some gaps in yourself. But here's like the the basic stuff. Here is a bunch of ingredients. Try and make this fancy, elaborate thing that even professionals would probably struggle to make. And the whole intention is, all the contestants know they are bad, so no one gets upset about messing up. Mm. Everyone's like, I oh, know, I don't know what I'm doing. They try and make the best thing they can. There's a prize for who wins. And it's very good-natured viewing. Um, I was watching an episode where uh, there was a guy called Sal who clearly knew not the first thing about kitchens ever. Uh, He tried to microwave Kit Kats to get melted chocolate to to pour into something. Um, Put them on for three minutes. The thing starts smoking. Smoke goes everywhere. He takes them out, puts a new batch of Kit Kats in the microwave and tries again. I love him. He did not know what he was doing, and I wanted him to win somehow. I was like, I don't know how this would happen, but I want you to win, Sal. Just keep trying. The, uh, fir- the first round, he didn't even look at the instructions. He was just like, I can work this out. He could not work it out. The second round, he looked at the instructions and admittedly did better. That always helps. Yeah. When he, people learn to read the instructions. It, it's a very good-natured show with it's basically like all the contestants know know going in that they've deliberate like they know that they've been brought on because they're crap at, at baking. Yeah. And 
it's just a lot of fun watching people go, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, I'll give it a go. There are no, st- there is nothing to lose, so I'll give it a shot. Mm-hmm. So, that was a lot of fun. Yes. Uh, what else have you been putting in your eyes? I watched Morag Hood read her book, I Am <gasps> Bat, on YouTube. I did as well. Ah! So, we <laughs> both read the book. Well, both she reads. Indeed, it's very, it's a very sweet children's book. I I have a, a small collection of children's books that I have liked. Some, a lot of them are actually mine from my own youth. Yeah. Um, for the same reason, I watch cartoons. Sometimes it's nice to read a nice story that doesn't involve Donald Trump. Indeed, yeah. <laughs> and when and... you spend a lot of time looking on the internet, you can get a lot of you know drama and stuff. And kids' books and, and cartoons, you just get like. Here is a nice moral lesson. People learn to play together. Yeah. So it's oh. sometimes the world's a bit grim and you just want something that you know is going to end well. Yeah. Um. So I Am Bat is about a bat and their cherries. Yeah. Bat likes cherries uh, and will be very upset if anyone steals their cherries. Yeah. And hijinks ensue. And that, that, that reading, the reading that the author does is very cute. I think it's always nice when an author reads um, their own books. Uh, there's something about it. And the way they, they had little props to go with that for the reading was yeah. really nice as well. Um, so yes, that's more I could. Yes. And they... many, of, many of her books can be found in all sorts of places. Um, yeah. I've got I Am Bat and the first one, Colin and Lee, Carrot and Pea. Yeah. Uh, which is about diversity, yeah. In a, which I, I I think is a very cute one. Um, what's the other one? Oh, when Grandpa was a penguin. Oh, that's uh, Morrowind as well. Yes, that's also Morrowind. Um, I, I very much like her art style. They're all very cute, sweet books. They are. Yeah. Uh, so what? What else about you? What have you put in your eye? What else have I put in my, my eye? Face points. Uh, I think the only other thing I've watched and. I'll talk about a little bit of it first, and then I can leave the rest to you, is I've watched a little bit of Adventure Time. Oh, just a little bit, eh? Yeah, so we'll get... Jane's watched considerably more than me recently. Uh, Adventure Time's one of those shows I started watching, didn't get on well with the first season, jumped into some, like, odd episodes here and there, and, like, I can totally see that that show has growth and it becomes something special. Jane was watching some later episodes, and I jumped in and was like, Oh, these are really interesting and really good, and this has more depth and is taking more risks than I expected. That's 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 interesting. And there was things that you even remembered from yeah. previous episodes. You're like, were... hang on, things from series one that I've seen. Yeah, there <laughs> were bits and bobs I remembered. I knew what was going on. Yeah. Um, and then I didn't see the finale, but we did start from the beginning of season one. For a thing in the future. Yes, for a thing. There is a thing that might happen in the future that that people who have enjoyed certain other things, things that have been made cartoon network products. Yeah, <laughs> and and maybe maybe discussing them on a on a semi regular basis in might be fun. I I bet you can't guess what we're planning to do. Uh, yeah, we, watched, <laughs> we we started watching Adventure Time from the beginning mm-hmm. and. Yeah, again, I don't think that the first season's particularly strong. It's fine. It's there's some there is some stuff of of work. It worth. took a while to get its feet under there's, it, there's, but it is still very sweet. There's stuff worth discussing, and it's still a sweet, competently made show at the beginning. It's just mm-hmm. it's a lot like Steven Universe, except possibly it has this problem a bit worse in that. It's actually it feels very similar to something like Avatar: The Last Airbender, mm-hmm. in that a lot of its early episodes 
while fun hijinks kids show mm. don't necessarily cotton on to what the show is ultimate what's ultimately going to make the show great mm. and you have to watch through a period of not necessarily the best the show has ever done to get the hooks in of why you should stay so yeah, do you want to talk about your Adventure Time experience? I watched about 14 hours of Adventure Time this weekend. Yeah, over like a couple of days? Two days. Um, I spent most of Saturday lying on the couch watching Adventure Time and playing Secret of Mana. Yeah, because <laughs> you realised after the finale happened you were like, oh yeah, I've fallen behind. I realised the finale had happened and the last set of episodes I can remember having watched was uh, mini-series Stakes, which actually happens in season 7 of 10 seasons. Ha! Um, so I I went and I found resources online where I could sit and watch uh, Adventure Time. And I watched from the beginning of Stakes. So I watched all, all of Stakes uh, all the way through to the, the finale. Um... So I inhaled 14, 14 hours worth of, uh, like, three or four years worth of Adventure Time in one go. I don't know what happened. I remember watching, like, that sort of most of season seven, and I think, like, maybe another half of it hadn't come out or something. Yeah. And it was getting a little bit irregular in its scheduling, and I just couldn't be bothered anymore to try and, like deal with it i do do what i do with a lot of series is i'll just wait till like the series is finished and then i'll watch the whole thing yeah but then like i just i i don't know i somehow completely lost track of it and i would go back and just like watch the adventure time that i had yeah but i wasn't acquiring the new stuff and which is weird because it would have been perfect last year while i was on my back recovering from surgery yeah um was my 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 one question for you was was the ending of that show satisfying? Yes. You feel like it's like, yes, that was a show that is good and, you know, closed, you know, finished off closed, in a satisfying yeah, way. In no way closed. In okay. no way closed. Okay. Um, I, I, I don't want to spoil it, but, like, even if you haven't seen the last episode, this won't be a spoiler. The, the, the planet... Still exists, and if you've seen certain episodes, I believe it's like Grable's One Thousand. Hmm. You know that the land of Ooh in some form exists in the future. Whether or not Finn and Jake and Bimo and the characters you love, the world still exists, and therefore stuff will happen. Yeah, if not in the uh, original. Dimension version, there's always Prismo who sits at the middle of everything, and we might get to look at, at a different version of that in the future. Who knows? It's adventure time, shit happens. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's left in a way that you could tell more stories from Ooh, and I, I believe the comic books will continue to do so. Yeah. Um, but I, I sat down and watched a lot of adventure time. Uh, obviously, of particular note were the, the mini seasons. Um, Stakes, islands, elements, and then obviously the the season finale, which was like an hour long, like 40-odd minutes long, I think, all included. Uh, less adverts was uh, come along with me. <laughs> um, it's a lot. There's a lot, a lot going on. A lot of emotion. One day we will get there together and I will understand what it was you saw. <laughs> I'll give it... Let, let's say an estimated 57 weeks. 
we estimated that maybe 57 weeks could get us through that. 57, five 57 weeks of a thing could it's get us through that. 280, I think it's like 283, 287 episodes. I can't remember. Yeah. Something in that region. Something in that region. Uh, yeah. So there was that. <laughs> Did you? Uh, I have many thoughts. Oh, I also watched the um, San Diego Comic Con uh, Adventure Time finale uh, panel. Is this the one where Rebecca Sugar on stage does the song? She plays three tracks. Um, yeah. Which is very nice. And obviously sings with the voice actor who does Marceline. Yeah. I didn't know Jake's act, voice actor is in Voltron. Oh, do you know who is in Voltron? Uh, no. I just know that about 20 minutes or so into the panel, he was like, whoever organised San Diego Comic Con has put this and Voltron on at the same time, so I have to go over there and be a robot now. Bye. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Okay, I have guesses who that might be, actually, um, but yeah. Yeah, so there was that, and, and Rebecca Sugar made, um, what's his name, John DiMaggio, the the guy yeah. who voices uh, Jake and, and Bender, <laughs> um, and obviously getting to see Ice King's voice actor, and, and I don't think I'd ever seen the, the, the actor that plays um, Bonnie Bell Bubblegum before. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. That's I. I mean, I have no way of picturing things, but of all the the, the person I would expect to match that voice, I, that's not that person. Um, got to see the per, the uh, actor that plays Bimo as well. Oh, uh-huh. I've never seen them. I've never seen them before oh. either. And and it's interesting that they refer to uh, refer to Bimo using almost exclusively female pronouns. Ah, uh-huh. I'm pretty in the show. Don't they use uh, they it them? Flits back and forth. Okay. Yeah. Um, between sort of masculine, feminine, and non-binary, yeah. um, I like to think of Bimo as being either gender fluid or non-binary. Yeah, that's uh, that's what I'd always pictured, but uh... Uh, I could be wrong. There's always stuff in the comic books to catch up on. I think I've only got something like the first seven comic books, so I might have missed a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Again, I think when I went off, I don't know, I went off like a whole bunch of of seasons at the same time, including um, Bravest Warriors. Oh that yes. Went off. Uh, I wasn't. I, I that went off of YouTube, un- understandably, obviously for financial issues. And then I just, I think I got something like the second or third comic book, and I was just like, uh, or the the sort of uh, collected volumes, and I was mm-hmm. like, this is not what I wanted. So I stopped with that. I stopped with a lot of comic books, and I think I've been sadder for it. Aww. But now I'm very sad that Adventure Time has ended. But we can get to experience it together. Yay! You put anything else in your eyes? One last thing. I will have been watching the Beatbox Legends Championships Eliminations for 2018 on the Human Beatbox channel on YouTube. (gasps) There are some really good people um, going through. Um, I'm excited to see how that goes. Uh, it's it's still Eliminations, so the the quality is a bit patchy, but even at its worst, it's still considered better than anything I can do, so always impressive. I'm impressed with anyone who can master a lip roll. Particularly look out for uh, Mudkip and uh, Mizewell. Uh, Mizewell's got good bass. Nice. Good bass, good wubs. Uh, yeah, so. <laughs> Believed to be from Basingstoke. Next tonight, we have reports of bakers operating in your area. We go over now to outside broadcaster uh, Lana Soupmasher, who's live on the scene talking about this thing with the bakers, you know, the news thing that we're reporting. 
yes, I'm out here on the street talking to some real people who have experienced bouts of baking this week. Uh, first person, um, can you tell me what you saw this week? I've encountered some shoe pastry. It's, it's, it's not the done thing, you know? Just people, I, I, I was walking down the street and all of a sudden I just saw these, these shifty looking folk gathered round a bowl and, and apparently they were making shoe pastry and I'm very concerned by this because that's not the sort of thing one expects to see in a high street. No, certainly not. Uh, I believe we have another person who uh, has encountered the bakers themselves. Uh, tell us what you saw. I saw something that I'd never expected to see. The old people with large farmhouse loaves. <sighs> Warm and fresh and, and smelling very enticing, but one simply mustn't give in to these things. Oh, goodness, I believe we have one final witness on the scene. Hey, I saw some bacon like you wouldn't believe. Yum-yums. Yum-yums. Tasty, delicious. But, you know, not that I'd touch them, obviously, because bacon. Uh, I'm not sure if we can even air that. It was so horrifying. Back to the studio. Are you tired of having your favourite items of femme-coded clothing that are highly practical and wonderful and comfortable and stylish, but just don't have anywhere to put your keys? I'm entirely frustrated by this problem. Well, rather than throwing out your clothing for new items, or shopping in masculine sections so that you can get pockets, try our new service, Pockets For You. Tell us about Pockets For You. You send us your femme-coded clothing items, we literally cut a small hole, then sew a pocket into the hole, and now your clothing is functional and looks just as good. Now when you say you put a pocket in it, it's a full-sized pocket that will actually fit something rather than one of those crappy half pockets. We're talking a full pocket. This is not like a tiny pocket that, you know, could fit maybe a coin or... I don't know, a tic-tac. We're talking, you could shove your whole hand in that pocket if you're cold and your hand will be warm because it's in the pocket. This is amazing technology. Indeed. We literally cut a small hole, use two bits of fabric, pocket made. We don't know why material manufacturers and clothing brands aren't doing it themselves. We've only been a business for three days. We're already stinking rich. (laughs) This is just the service I need. So, what have you shoved in your hearing holes? What's been attracted into your brain through vibrations into the headspace? I wasn't sure whether to put this in watched or listened to. I've put it in (laughs) listened to, but you could just as easily have put it in watched. Mm -hmm. I went to a live recording of Schmanners, which I think I've talked about on this podcast before. It's one of their McElroy podcasts. It's about etiquette and and the rules of politeness. Uh, I had a very good time. They did an episode about uh, gin and about the, the sort of the blenders of the ways around of gin. Um, fun fact I learnt from that that I think mm-hmm. is interesting. Do you know why vodka in the UK became more popular as a as a drink than gin for martinis? Cheaper? No. Uh, Smirnoff started an... A- a- so there was a thing for a while that was the uh, the the, uh, the four martini lunch. It was basically you would go have gin martinis at lunch and then go back to work and work your afternoon. The problem was you could smell gin on someone's breath. Uh... Smirnoff started an ad campaign um, 
get pissed at lunchtime basically, in a way that no one can smell. Basically, basically, it was if you make your, your lunchtime martinis with vodka, your boss won't be able to smell it. Good gravy. That, that's how vodka became more popular in the UK than gin, was it became the replacement drink <laughs> for martinis, which were very popular let's at the time. Let's not deal with our alcohol problem. Yeah, no, let's, let's give you an alcohol <coughs> that you can't smell on your breath. So, I learnt that. I got. I asked a question about etiquette, and it got answered. So, so this is part of your plan to get on every single McElroy podcast. I'm, I'm getting there. I've, <laughs> I've been on trends like these. I've been on Sawbones. I've had an, a question answered on the Adventure Zone. Mm-hmm. I've had a question answered on Schmanners. So that's Ooh. like four that I've weaselled my way into. We need to get into. you a good Mabimbam question. Oh, I've got a good Mabimbam question. I'm just hoping it gets picked up. Ah. I, I want to get them to to tell us. What did Steve do to get his his name engraved in the bath plug? <laughs> what, what what did you what do? St- what did you do, Steve? Yeah. yeah, we could just stick it on Yahoo Answers. What did Steve do? Yeah, we have a bath plug that has what's the phrase written in it? Uh, in your face. Steve. In your face, Steve is engraved into the bottom of our bath plug, and we rent. So we have no idea who Steve is, or what he did, or why the bath plug was the correct medium to tell him that in your face. I like to imagine that Steve knows what he did. Yeah, but I don't know what Steve did. But Steve knows what he did. So if I did. I'm hoping one day I can get the Mabim Bam lock to answer that, and that'll get Ooh. me on Mabim Bam. I'm weaseling my way in. I'll get on all these shows eventually. Oh. But yeah, so... The unofficial McElroy sister. <laughs> Next time that a Schmanners live Q&A episode goes up, or the gin one if the t- Q&A is tacked onto that, you should be able to meet me on there. Oh. What have you put in your ears this week? Uh, mine are all related, so I think we should do all of yours first. Okay, I'll try and get all mine out the way in a quick go. I started listening to another McElroy podcast that I've not listened to before. Uh, Only going to be on that one. Uh, probably not this one. Um, it's called Till Death Do Us Blart. Ah. Uh, the McElroy brothers, along with the people from the podcast, the worst idea ever, uh, where every year they will pick a terrible film and watch it and review it once a week, every week for a whole year. So, like... Here's a year of us watching. Uh, I think the last one they did was uh, they did Sex in the City two every week for a year. They reviewed it once a week for a year. Uh, they get got together with the McElroy brothers and were like, once a year we will rev- we will watch and review Paul Blart Mall Cop two. Okay. Um. Even on the first viewing, they've already come up with a lot of very interesting, bizarre lore for this film. Oh. It was a silly thing to to listen to. I had some fun with that. Uh And then I've got some songs I listened to this week. So I listened to a track called Social Drinker by a band called Swordfish. I am a social drinker. I drinks with all of my friends. No? No. um, It's a laid back rock track. uh, Masculine vocal track. Um, It's about vices as crutches for feelings of isolation. So it talks a bit about like learning to distra- trying to distract yourself from depression with activities um about using things like cigarettes as distractions from restless empty hands and basically just about like how easy it is to fall into vices as a way to be like you know, just not think about all the things in my brain space that's my excuse something like that in it uh i listened to a track called heterosexuality is a construct by onsind uh, sort of folk rock feel to it. Uh, singing about fragile masculinity, ideas of being non-straight or being trans. Mm. Um, 
basically about being fuck you to homophobes and about how a lot of homophobes are basically just scared of thinking too long about that one time that they looked at someone of the same sex of them and went, oh, they're pretty hot. Oh no, I had a gay thought. Ah. It's like, no, don't, don't, don't be fearful. Don't be fearful, homophobes. Okay. Acknowledge this. Okay, that you once thought a guy was hot. Uh, and I listened to a track called "Me, Myself, and I" by Joel Favier. It's got sort of a funky, low sort of beat to it, masculine mm. vocal, um, about struggling with a busy mind and trying to find comfort with a mind left alone with itself. Mm. So those were the things I listened to this week. What about you? I listened to three things relating to the big thing that I watched, and not just the versions that are in the show. <laughs> I listened to Come Along With Me, which yeah. is not only the outro, but the, there is a, a sort of slightly longer version. Um, it's very nice, and and it, it's just very sweet about sharing time and adventures with friends. Um, I listened to Everything Stays, which is a very um, bass-heavy track played by Marceline. Uh, singing about how things remain but can change over time at mm. least that's my take from it um, and the last one was Time Adventure um, which could be about lots of things I guess uh, someone explained it in that San Diego Comic Con panel as being uh, all time happens at once so you never really lose anyone um, oh. I, I saw it as it could be about the cyclic nature of the universe um, in Adventure Time, yeah, because they talk about how like the uh, elementals are reincarnated. Um, there's stuff in the series about how Finn and Jake themselves might be reincarnated versions of, of previous sort of heroes or people uh, in the land of Ooh. Um, so there is. I, I thought maybe it be, could be about a bit about the sequel of that. Uh, uh, the the psychic nature of that, or that it doesn't matter what time or experience is done to change us. Uh, we have our past together, and so you and I will always be best friends, oh. regardless of what else happens. Um, has happened is happening. Yeah, that's, that's really sweet. I, well, that and um, there is obviously the, there's the version that plays in the finale, and there's the version that uh, Rebecca Sugar played live at uh, at uh, San Diego. We're going, making me and most of the rest of the panel cry. Oh, uh, it's it's been a quite cry heavy week for media for me this week. <laughs> yeah, some weeks are just like that, aren't they? Yeah, I watched. Uh, yeah, watching the finale of Revenge Time, sobbing. Watching the end. Watching the the. Uh, the panel related to it sobbing, Sorry. watching analyses of the, of the last couple of episodes to see what other people have sort of made of it, sobbing like a child. Give me fifty-seven weeks and I'll be sobbing too. There's so much to it. Yeah, and by the end of it, you'll be like, "Fuck! I need to watch some of those previous episodes now, knowing what I knew before." <laughs> uh, have you listened to anything else? Uh, no, that's it. It was just it was an Adventure Time heavy weekend this week. Well, mm. I am saddened, Odin, at the way that certain people are using our history, our language, alphabet, and culture. What sort of people are you referring to?
Not good fighting folk. Cowardly twat bags of people. Not Norse Vikings. No, not Norse Vikings, though they very much co opt a lot of our things. These are known to the humans as fascists. Oh no. Can't be having any of those. All our words and language are for the Norse Viking folk. I have some thoughts about this. How about we do some smiting? Some smiting, yes. Some smiting. I shall bring my mighty hammer more, yes. <laughs> I shall bring my lightning, I suppose. I don't know much about about the, the background I come from. I think lightning might be involved. Well, it sounds like you know about as much about Norse mythology as most fascists. Ah, that is a very good point you have made. Let's go smite some fascists for using our terminology. Excellent, yes. <laughs> Lay off the alehouse, dickheads. <laughs> I'm feeling, I'm feeling right run down recently. I'm feeling quite let ran down myself. I'm, I'm running on empty. Oh, sure, sure, yeah. I'm, I'm really needing a rest, you know. I just need to, to recharge a bit, so to speak. It's just, it's just been go, go, go recently. Yeah, not been a chance to pause, not been a chance to collect myself and just top back up again. Exactly. I just, just, I feel like life's just been trying to get that last little bit of energy out of me before, before it lend me rest. Life is a rechargeable battery's hard. Sure is. They just take the cover off and roll me up and down. Save themselves having to stick me back in that charger. Hit the back of their mouth a few times, get a few more charges out of me. Sometimes it's hard to be a battery. <laughs> Giving all your charge to just one appliance. <laughs> and if you love it, won't you change the channel? Because after all, we're on HDMI 2 when we want HDMI 4. <laughs> Stand by your plans. Questions time. It's time for questions. Awesome questions. Uh, Becky Tootheel would like to know, is this where you saw yourself five years ago? And where do you see yourself in five years? You can tell someone's getting ready for an interview, can't you? Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Five years ago, could not have seen myself where I am now. Uh, five years ago, I was still working in a supermarket uh, with no qualifications and no future prospects, and I thought I was going to be working there forever, and I have since got my dream job and done a bunch of things I never thought I could do, and I'm writing a book, and I've moved away from home, and I'm doing a bunch of... My, my, my brain does a bunch of things it didn't do before, and... I'm a very different person to who I was five years ago, and I'm happy. I'm happy that I'm not who I thought I would be five years ago. Um, kind of. Uh, I I thought I would be post surgery. I am. Yeah. Um, I did rather think that would solve more of my problems than it has. <laughs> it solves. <laughs> it solves the one problem that it solves. Yes, the one problem it is designed for. Yeah. Um. Yes, I think generally things are all right in that respect. Um, didn't really have much hopes for you beyond that. Didn't have any plans beyond that. And I still struggle a little bit to just go, what next? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe be married um, <laughs> by then uh, to you, Nash. Yay! Um, <laughs> and I, I don't know. I don't know beyond that. That's, it's, it's... that's the important thing. 
Yeah, we'll have adventures. We'll we'll work out what what five years from now we'll bring yeah, together. Yeah, have adventures. That's the most important thing. Yeah. What's the next question? Uh, Chrono Hellraiser would like to know uh, what are some nineties anime titles that you really enjoyed and some that you really don't enjoy. Uh, I've not gone back and rewatched it in a long time, but I believe Roroni Kenshin was a nineties thing. I remember very much enjoying Roroni Kenshin at the time. It's been many, many a year since I've seen it. Mm. Um, I remember... These are probably not originally released, but it's when I saw them. I remember very much enjoying Sailor Moon, Cardcaptor mm. Sakura. I think Pokemon started in the 90s. Mm. Uh, what about you? Um, trying to think. What year did uh, Avatar start? Uh, it, was in the two, yeah, oh, okay. it was in the mid-2000s. Um, I don't know, I didn't watch a lot of anime back then. I guess Ooh. I'd seen, um, as far as anime sh- shows, I didn't really watch any. Um, I think I'd seen Akira and Aratsuki Doshi Legend of oh, the Overtained, yeah. but, um, and I might have seen Bubblegum Crisis and Domin- uh, Dominion Tape Police uh, stuff. I'm pretty sure, I, I'm pretty sure I saw Dragon Ball Z in the 90s. I never got into that, I don't know why. Um... Pokemon, I guess? Yeah, that's anime. Pokemon was a 90s anime. Uh, I recommend Pokemon. I don't recommend uh, Ratsuki Doshi. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> what other questions for you? Uh, question hole. Taylor would like to know, uh, favourite and least favourite word? Oh, I don't know that I have a favourite or least favourite word I can think of. Have you got words prepared? Uh, my favourite word is theodolite. Oh, I just like how it sounds. I I quite like the mouthfeel of the word squelch. Ooh. Squelch mm. is a good word. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I don't know that I have a word I don't like off the top of my head. I like hemoglobin. Hemoglobin. Oh, hemoglobin's a good one. Uh, hemoglobin theodolite telescope. <laughs> Um, words I don't like, uh, Nazi, fascist, <laughs> Trump. <laughs> I don't like those things, but I like the... I don't we... like those words because I have mental associations with them that that's, I find quite that's, upsetting. That's fair. Uh, yeah, I don't like slurs, they're not good words. Don't, yeah, I don't like slurs. What, what, what's I'm a the... fan of, of any of the slurs. Yeah, what's the next question? Uh, Matthew Hudson would like to know, um... We've already done what superhero powers we've done in a previous episode. So what would be your superhero name <gasps> and team name? Oh, oh, uh, superhero name. I'm going to go with my, my derby name, Blue Bomber. I'd be the Janiac. Uh, what's our team name? The Queer and Pleasant Strangers. Just... Yeah, of course. Okay, next question. <laughs> uh, Joseph Adams would like to know, can I have a cookie? Um... um... The instructions on how to make my peanut butter heroin cookies are on snowmonkeyradio.blog under the title <laughs> vegan recipe. I'd say, if you've had your dinner, but you've not yet brushed your teeth for bed, you can have one cookie. One and cookie. Then you brush your teeth and go to bed. And if they've just come out of the oven, you have to let them cool down first. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kira Anderson would like to know... We get a question each this week. <gasps> Laura! Why is Captain Cherry Hippo? She's very good, but Why? Why is Captain Sherry Hippo? Why is Captain Sherry Hippo? Okay, so this question is basically asking, uh, I have now revealed that my character for Season 5 of Dice Funk, the same day as this goes up, Season 5 of Dice Funk's first uh, episode will go up, in which I play a new character 
who is called Captain Leomoira Malbec, uh, the captain of a spaceship. Uh, she's basically a big drunk space hippo who just wants to make friends. There's the sherry lady voice, and I'm very excited for the entire season of getting to do this old voice week after week. Um, why? Because I love that voice and I want an excuse to do more with it. We, as much as we love that voice, we've never, we've not found a huge number of skits to do with it. No. I'm looking forward to the excuse to do lots of that voice on a guaranteed weekly basis. Um, I, why, why a hippo? Big and cuddly. Very body type, very different to characters I've played before. It's a fun challenge. They're a different type of character. They're a ranger with big basically a big shotgun as opposed to a magic user. So basically just big gun-wielding hippo lady who likes to get drunk and use the drunkenness to inspire people on. Just have an excuse to give drunken speeches like this. Ooh, I'm very excited, although I will be wearing my extra strength earplugs. That's fair. <laughs> but much like doing Frank in season four of Dice Funk, it's an excuse for me to take a voice that I enjoy doing on Queer and Pleasant Strangers and Explore it a bit more, see what what I can do with it, and what the what characters evolve when I do that voice for prolonged periods of time. So, are we going to see the Brochal Justice Warriors in in season six? Uh, Frank was basically the Brochal Justice Warriors. Um, That's the voice. Now about the Sherry Ladies, what have we got? Uh, I suppose the 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 kids. Yeah, I know what I'm saying. Ah, uh, know what I'm saying, man. Actually, yeah, I could see doing that for a future season. So yeah, I did my own voice, I did the Frank voice, and now I'm doing... The, uh, I, well, I did the Brochure Justice voice for Frank, and now I'm doing the Sherry Lady voice for uh, Leah Moira. Pipe, pipe, pipe. And now I get a question just for me, which is, if I was joining the series, uh, joining Dice Funk in Season 5, uh, what would your character be? Uh, I would be... Um... Hmm. Much as I would desperately love to get Ellie back out, because I keep trying to put her in things, and it never works out. I never get to play her for more than a few minutes. Oh, no. um, and she seems like such a fun character to go and do stuff with. Um, if not that, I would probably be uh, a Cicalia. Uh, Ceralia? Ceralia. I think so. Uh, basically uh, a half. A torso human... Um, Lower half would be a, a sort of crown of, of cephalopod arms, because mm. I'm into that. Um, I would be a a pro dom sex worker, so I nice. would be like just a, just like a, a hireable mistress, um, <laughs> and I would be the conduit of awkward, just Yay! to really humiliate people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're going to use it to make them feel awkward. Yeah. That's that's an ingenious use. Yeah. Uh, also, while we're on the Dice Funk questions, Conrad Zimmerman, who's done podcasts with Jim Sterling before, is on season five of Dice Funk. So that's yeah. that's a, they're all self-contained stories. Go jump in at season three or four or five that I'm in, and then go back and listen to seasons one and two. Mm. But they've not got me on, so like leave them till last. <laughs> but Anne is really cute, and the the flu through story. Um, there is some logical connectedness between there them is all. but equally like I jumped in at season 3 and I totally yeah, you worked to out what was going totally on totally can totally can it's totally doable uh, da, 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 da. Michael Scott Ferguson <clears throat> it's a serious question um, femme presenting strippers demeaning or empowering um entirely depends on the context um if you're choosing to do that yourself that might be an empowering thing for you if it is something that is imposed on a situation where it's not appropriate it could be a demeaning thing mm -hmm. uh, a great example is 
I've been to work events in the video game industry where it's like, here's a video game to preview, but also here's some women stripping on, like, stripper poles. And in that context, there's a little bit of, this is tonally inappropriate and weird and uncomfortable, and that might be demeaning in that context. Um, it, it depends on it depends on the context and how the, the the person themselves that's doing it. It can be it can be both. I suppose it is question really up to the the person who is doing the stripping. Do yeah. you feel demeaned? Then it's demeaning. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, but you could say just the same thing about working in publishing or. Yeah. Um, uh, bookmakers. It's... I don't know why those are the first two jobs that came up. Um, <laughs> it... uh, I would say it's a, like all sex work. It's a job. Yeah. Um, and if you're happy making money do it, doing it, and I hear it's very good fitness-wise. Yeah. Um, you get you get to do all the bendies and 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 so forth. And I hear you can make if you're good at it, you can make quite a lot of money in not. A huge amount of time. Indeed, it's a thing. I wish I was good at it. It's the money's good. It's work, and sometimes yeah. it pays more than the minimum wage, which these days is quite impressive. Indeed. So basically, it's not inherently either. It all depends on context and the person. And uh, as a, a follow-up to that, uh, versus attitudes to um, uh, mask um, presenting strippers. Again, it's entirely dependent on what the person's getting out of it and what the situation is. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't think it matters gender or gender presentation. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, Anne Divine would like to know who is the biggest, most evil lady in video games. Ooh. Oh, good big evil ladies. Um, after on a mental blank for a second, do you got any answers for this? How tall is Kerrigan, and is she actually evil? I don't know. I haven't actually played Starcraft Two, but I believe the Queen of Blades is uh, is quite tall. Yeah. Uh, the first answer that jumped to my head is, um, I believe it's uh, Fury from from Dark Souls Three, oh. who is basically big, tall, dominatrix lady god with whips. Go on, she sounds like my kind of girl. She's she's big. I don't know if she's evil. She's one of the four four horse people of the apocalypse, which yeah. suggests evil. I think. Are they evil or are they just a force? I think they're maybe just a force. She was she was what came to mind when I was thinking of big big evil ladies in games. I was like, she's big and empowered, big and, 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 and big and empowered, big, big and empowered lady. Um, main Jerris Agnet. My parody account. <gasps> Your parody account is asking you questions. Yes. <gasps> uh, how do you suggest getting to the moon? My mouth wrote a check that my ass can't cash, and I now definitely think that the power of love uh, has been misrepresented in the media. So this is because the the parody accounts of me and of you agreed to get married on the moon, so that that Maine could say that Dora's butt was out of the, uh, out, out of this world. world. Uh, here's what I would say: talk, have a reasonable conversation with the one that you love, and let them know, hey, I'm really sorry. Uh, I thought this was a romantic gesture, but it's not going to work out in practice. I hope you understand. And if they're the right one for you, they'll understand. How are you going to get a moon? Maine to Jane. Um, uh, or Jane to Maine, rather. Uh, my answer would be you get yourself a, down to a gravel quarry and <laughs> you 
put a, 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 a fake American flag probably made out of some kind of plastic so that it doesn't move in the wind. Yeah. Um, and and you, you, you dress up in a spacesuit and you just make it space because that's the kind of dumb shit I would do. I'm pretty... Just be like, just use your imagination. And then just put put them in a car. This is blindfolded. The, the car like rumbles around a bit, so it could be theoretically the spaceship. Um, and you just bring them to that quarry on a night when it's cloudy enough that they can't see the moons above them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and get some of those moon boots the, with the little bouncy. Exactly, you can totally convince them you're on the moon. or a pogo stick because that's exactly the kind of dumb shit I would do. Is like. I had a really grand idea that I have no way of following up on. <laughs> uh, what's the next question? That's it. That's all of the questions. Oh. Those are all of the people that wanted to know stuff this week. <gasps> Thank you very much. Thank you very much for asking the questions. And uh, now... Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Well, justice. Hello, Larry. Oh, Barry, how are you doing? Um, I'm quite infuriated, if I must be honest. Oh, yeah? What's uh, what's been going on? Well, it seems those uh, those pole folks have been uh, up to some, some shit again, those those uh, channels. Oh, goodness, what have they been doing now? Is it Has it been armless, but shitty internet pranks, or is this a bit more uh, serious than that this time? They're actually trying to get people killed. Oh, Goodness, what on earth's been going on? Yeah, so basically, uh, it turns out they'd, um, rather than their usual harmless, or generally harmless pranks, they've uh, decided that they're actually going to try and get uh, some uh, people of colour killed. Oh, goodness, how are they doing there? Well, they've uh, they've been printing up these these fake uh, coupon codes, offering fake coupon codes for people of colour, you know, affected by the, the recent bullshit. Um, you know, offering them 75% off, and uh, this leaflet contains a QR code, uh, and when it's scanned, it basically says, like, uh, this is a robbery, uh, you know, put all the large bills in a shoebox or everyone dies. Oh, goodness. Uh, you know, which is... Yeah, that's... That's, bloody, that's, that's trying that's, to get people killed yeah, now. Yeah, that's... That is not armless joke, that is, let's see if we can get people killed. I, I don't even... I don't even know what to say about the world at this point. Like, to think that there are people in this world who are like, yeah, that'll be a laugh, is frankly horrifying. Yeah, I don't you know, I don't even get why they... What is wrong with these people? I, I, like, I, I don't even know. I can understand, like, if you, you want to prank your friends, you want to have a, a, yeah. have a laugh like that, but to actually to take complete strangers that have never done you any harm... Yeah. Simply by virtue of the fact that they are people of colour, you think you, you think it's it's fun or funny or or a good idea. You hateful little fuck. Yeah. You, that that you're 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 literally trying to get people killed. And given the given the the rate at which let's not beat about the fucking bush, the rate at which black people are executed by the police in America. It's, it is ridiculous on a it's... daily basis. It's fucking disgusting. Yeah. All, all I really have to say about this is people will try and tell you, like, oh, no, racism's a fixed problem. It's not an issue anymore. The fact that people like this exist and are willing to do shit like this, it's not a fixed problem, and it's the thing that white people like us need to look at and go, how on earth did we get here and what can we do about this? Because it's, 
is a problem. I think anyone who thinks it is a fixed problem is probably, or is certainly part of the fucking problem. Yeah, exactly. It's Excuse my language, I am particularly stressed no, out about this no, particular no, subject. No, no need to apologise. It is a stress-inducing problem. It's te- fucking terrifying. It is. Uh, I, don't underst- I don't understand the, the mentality that leads someone to think that that is, is something that is acceptable to do in life. Yeah. I, 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 I can, as the kids say, I cannot even. I cannot even either. <laughs> Look, the world is dark and it's scary and it's horrible. You know what I feel like I'll need? A hug. Yeah, I could do one of them bro hugs. One yeah, of them platonic yeah, bro hugs. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's just a hug. Let's yeah. not needlessly masculinise it. Yeah, it's a hug. It's a hug between friends. Exactly. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I hope that uh, more people will consider hugging someone and, and, and forming a connection rather than trying to get them killed. Yeah. I, I really despair. Oh, uh, I genuinely despair for I you. I do as well. I'm, I needed that other things are a bit dark. Definitely. Well, if you want to talk about it, then you know. I no, appreciate it. Oh, yeah. It's like pop a kettle on we'll have a chat. Yeah, have a cup of tea. Yeah. You know, and, uh, what, I don't know what land it'd be, but. Well, I don't know. not for us to say, really. Is yeah. So. <gasps> Following on from before Brochal Justice Warriors, I would just like to say thank you to everyone for listening. I really appreciate it, um, and thanks for all your likes and the, the the people that comment and the people that send in questions. I very much appreciate it. We yes. both do. Yes, we have audience engagement, and that's a really nice thing. I try. I try to be, try to engage with the nice people because did. they are uh, very nice people. They are lovely, sometimes queer, sometimes not pleasant strangers. As I have said before, you don't have to be queer as long as you're a pleasant stranger. Indeed, and the longer we do this show, the more of them are are, are making their way out of stranger territory. Oh. Yeah. Uh, internet. Places. Where are you on them internets? Uh, www. <laughs> <laughs> uh, soundcloud.com uh, http https slash I like you know I'm getting secure uh, what was I talking about soundcloud, SoundCloud January Smacknet and uh, Twitter and YouTube Maniac Janiac that's J-A-N-E-I-A-C because J-A-N-I-A-C was already taken I can be found on Twitch uh, <laughs> twitch.tv slash Janiac and I think that's everywhere that I do. StoneMonkeyRadio.blog and, and there's a Facebook group for Stone Monkey Radio. It's got one one person in it. <gasps> that isn't me. So two people, technically. <gasps> yeah. Um, anyway, what you do? Where can me, we find you, 9 to 5, Monday to Friday? Don't, don't get ahead of me. Starky.co.uk. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on pretty much everywhere at Laura K. Buzz. Laura K. Buzz on Twitter. Laura K. Buzz on YouTube. Laura K. Buzz on Twitch. I do that bit first. Then I say you can find me Monday to Friday, 95 at Kotaku.co.uk. You can also find me on Dose Funk, which is a Dungeons & Dragons real play 5th edition podcast. I'm on seasons 3, 4, and now 5. Whoop, whoop. Uh, they're all self-contained stories, so you can jump in with any one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you jump in at season 3, I turn up like 9 episodes in so don't worry if I'm not there when you start uh, you can find me in a memoir that I am writing that's releasing on July 18th put it in your calendars uh, pardon? put it in your calendars put it in your calendars July 18th uh, 
at some point soon, I'm having meetings about hopefully audiobooks. I'm having meetings about other countries. I'm having meetings about all those bits, what you've been asking. Uh, at some point in the next couple of weeks, you will probably hear some information about the butt book. Butt book. Uh, yeah, I think that's everywhere. I think I got Ooh, it all. I think you did. Until next time, be a stranger.